Hello there and welcome to the Get French Football News Preview Show. I'm Nathan Staples and joining me this evening are Adam White and Jeremy Smith. Europe was back on the menu and for the fifth time of asking this season, but who have nudged themselves towards qualification and who has tumbled out spectacularly? All of that and more after our latest headlines. We start... Oh, Paris Saint-Germain have one step into the next round of the Champions League after they managed a 2-1 victory at home to Liverpool. Uh, Juan Bernat and Neymar grabbed the goals for the hosts as James Milner's penalty only was a consolation for the English side, with Paris Saint-Germain just needing a point now against Red Star in the final game to ensure qualification. Leon managed a one-all draw with, well, two-all draw, sorry, with Manchester City that now puts them in a strong position to also qualify for the group. The English side are now through to the next round thanks to that scoreline. But Leon are a couple of points ahead of Shakhtar, who they face in the final group game. And again, they just need a point against the Ukrainians to ensure their place in the last 16. Monaco's European adventure this season has completely ended after defeat to Atletico Madrid at the Wanda Metropolitano. They will now not even reach in the Europa League, and that will be for Club Bruges. But goals from Antoine Griezmann and Koke sealed their fate. This evening in the Europa League, Marseille continued to spectacularly fall out of Europe themselves with a 4-0 defeat to Eintracht Frankfurt. They included two own goals, but for the other two, Liga side's hopes still are bright because Bordeaux have the slimmest of chances, shall we say, of going through after their 2-0 win over Slavia Prague. That now puts them three points behind the team they beat. They would need a victory next week in Copenhagen and for Zenit to beat Slavia Prague at home to manage to get through. Whereas for Rennes, their 1-0 win at Jablonek has kept their hopes alive as well. They will face Astana in the final game, but will need a victory in order to secure qualification to the next round. And that's all for the news. But do remember, uh, for all your latest news in the world of French football, head on over to our website at www.getfootballnewsfrance.com and follow us on Twitter at GFFN. We start this week with Paris Saint-Germain's excellent result in midweek that almost qualifies them for the next round. They do still need a point in Serbia to ensure things, Adam, but uh, a bit more of a composed performance in Europe from what we've seen. It's, it, we always felt like this was the big game that they needed to concentrate on. And the important thing is they got the three points. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think there was a real sense of this being a big game, not just in the context of of this season and, and PSG's attempts to qualify for the Champions League knockout stages in what is obviously an extremely tough group and one that you know has proven itself an extremely tough group given by the results the teams have got against uh, each other, that everyone's been really competitive and most, in fact, all the games apart from Red Star Way to any of the other teams have been really close. So, yeah, a huge game in that context, but also a huge game in context of, of the, the project, if you like. It's not a word I, I like, but it's it's, the, it's a word that fits what's going on at PSG and, and at various other clubs, of course, um, because there was a sense, for me at least, that this season PSG have started to improve under Thomas Tuchel. And the, the initial game against Liverpool, they lost 3-2. Um, they weren't great at all. They were, they were pretty poor, in fact, in, the, in that game. And the, 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 the scoreline kind of disguised what was a very weak and very sort of 
defensively, particularly, they're a very sort of haphazard uh, in that game. So, a pretty weak performance there. But for me, although the next game against Napoli, the next sort of big game anyway against Napoli, wasn't wasn't great. They have there has been some sort of improvement in each of the three bigger games between Liverpool, near PSG, and Napoli. And it felt like the first hour against Napoli, they really controlled the game. I thought and looked like a team with a plan, which PSG have have a one way of playing, but I don't know if it can necessarily count as a plan up until this point. It's been that slow possession-based football that uh, you know Emery and, and Laurent Blanc and even Carlo Ancelotti espoused. And it, it felt like Thomas Tuchel, the main thing that he's changed and done so slowly, which has been really, really good from the club's point of view, because there's a lot of entrenched issues at PSG and changing overnight is, is something that's not just not going to happen. But he slowly started to have his effect and it felt like they're a team that, that had, a, had, a, had a very specific planned and they'd been taught how to play in a certain way and they knew exactly what to do and although they didn't get the win again in Naples it felt like there was a progression there so this game comes along and there's there's the issue over this being extremely tight group and PSG possibly could go out and you know I, I honestly thought they, they 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 that could be almost the most likely outcome of these of these these two games um but then there's a situation if they go out is there an immediate reaction do they stack then Tuchel and and the, the good work that he's done perhaps a little bit under the radar goes out the window um I, I honestly think he probably would have been okay but there's a, there's a chance of that so there was a big big a big sort of game element there so the fact that they put in such a brilliant performance I, I really think this is the best Champions League performance that I've seen them give aside from that 4-0 against Barcelona but then that's obviously caveated pretty hugely by the 6-1 defeat in the second leg uh, so I think this is the best performance they've given in the Champions League since I've been covering them which is sort of five years now um so um I, I think that Getting the win was huge, but what was more important was the way that they went about it. And for the first, for the fact that Liverpool had one shot on target, which was the penalty, the fact that the, for the especially for the first half an hour, they completely dominated. They were aggressive. They they pressed well. They kept their shape well. Everybody played for the team. It was a great performance. So huge props to to PSG, but particular to Thomas, particularly to Thomas Tuchel for this sort of slow evolution. I think tonight was the the culmination of that. Mm, yeah, and the, the interesting thing as well on this one, Jess, for PSG is that we've, you know, they're always great going forward. There's no doubt about that. And they were creative on this. And there's the argument that uh, on a couple of occasions, maybe it could have had three or, or four, especially in the first half. But at the same time, they kept Liverpool pretty quiet. I mean, other than the penalty, there wasn't really a, a really glaring chance for, for Liverpool to get back in the game. And that will be the thing that will give them the most confidence, given that in their first game against them, they, they gave away a lot of uh, simple chances and were really dominated at Anfield, really. The, the scoreline flattered Paris Saint-Germain. And even in the games against Napoli, they, they struggled to hold them off and their creativity. They, they'll take some positives that finally they were a bit stronger defensively against a European heavyweight. Uh, yeah, I, th I think um, I agree with a lot of, of what Adam said. And, and going into the season, I, I personally I wasn't 100% convinced whether Tuchel was, was such a great um, appointment. But I think he's been fantastical season and you know really willing to to adapt tactically and um, set, not second guess, but um, make it very difficult for other teams to, to second guess what PSG are going to do and um, you know. For the most part, although I think there's still a couple of issues there, certainly within the front three, um, you know, been braver than maybe previous managers in terms of, of the way he treats certain players. But um, up till now, and particularly in Europe, I still felt that one of the major issues was was attitude. Um, you know, there, there's no disputing that 
PSG have got all the way through the team some extremely strong players um, and on their day should be able to beat anyone else. And I think probably on paper it's, it's not unreasonable to say that they have a better better team or a better squad for, than Liverpool. But as Adam said, certainly the first two matches um, this campaign were um, were awful. <laughs> and, um, you know, it was, they were... There was, there was a Liverpool fan who said to me something about the fact that PSG have only won one game and, and going into the, into yesterday and I kind of said, well, possibly more interesting is that they've only lost one game because arguably they, they deserve to lose um, three, two of the four they've played. Um, as Adam said, that the, the first sort of hour or so in the second Napoli match was a lot better, but it was a case of whether they can, they can take the next step forward from that and they absolutely did and the, the main thing I think the, the difference was that they all looked up for it, they all looked interested whereas previously there, there were players walking when they should have been running, there were individual mistakes, there was a lack of cohesion between between players and this time all the way through more or less um, apart from a, a couple of breaks that Mbappe wasted by looking for Neymar and Cavani was free I think um, everyone looked on the same page and, you know, really ready to fight for each other. And, you know, the, 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 the pictures that have had loads of expo- exposure since last night are um, the ones of, of Silva and Marquinhos chest pumping and, and um, celebrating together. And, and, you know, that's great to see. We haven't seen that from PSG in a while. And if they can keep that attitude going, um, then, yeah, they're, they're, they're a match for any team any other team in in the competition yeah absolutely and that's the the pinpoint from there when you also think that although they've been good in the Champions League Barcelona have sort of slipped up at times Real Madrid aren't the team they were Bayern Munich have a few troubles Manchester City are probably the biggest contenders elsewhere they could got a real chance if they can start putting things together again really but a team that showed that Manchester City aren't necessarily uh, unbeatable at least anyway it's been Leon this season they've taken four points from them and there'll be a a little tinge of disappointment they couldn't nick the two on win which would have saw them through Um, Adam it took a a Sergio Aguero goal in the last few minutes really to to make sure that Manchester City went through and that Leon do have to wait another week at least before celebrating their chance in the round of 16 but while they'll still be disappointed for the results in the in the games against the other teams, at least when they've come across the the big competition, in the group they've they've been really impressive. Yeah, it's kind of classic Leon, isn't it? They've they've struggled against weaker opposition, but been looks again looked like they had a plan and looked like they they knew what to do and looked like they raised their game against the bigger opposition, which is classic sort of Leon of, of late. You know, they they've been at home at least they've been pretty competitive against PSG in the league. Away is a different story after that 5-0 defeat earlier this season already. But at home, they're pretty good. And then, you know, they lost to Rance earlier in the season when they looked completely blunt and, and didn't know how to break them down. And I think this is the kind of game that Bruno Genesio has proven he knows what he's doing in. I know he's, he, gets, he gets a lot of a lot of stick from, from Leon fans and he's fallen out with various sections of the fan base and the French media aren't particularly... Um, particularly kind to him i heard one french journalist this week caught referred to him as, as rubbish which i think is a bit a bit harsh um uh, more than a little bit harsh because he has proven that in this sort of game he, he knows how to get the best out of his team and to get results and that's something that a lot of other coaches have struggled with against manchester city in the, especially the pep guardiola incarnation of manchester city um for some time so i think that 
um, it, it kind of encapsulates Leon pretty pretty brilliantly. And Maxwell Corne perhaps can encapsulates his team pretty well as well in the fact that he misses those two easy chances in the first half, as, as does Depay, but then he smashes in that opener. Um, so, I, yeah, I think um, a, a really, really good result for Leon. And um, they may come to rue those situations where they haven't got the best, as they have in the league, um, out, out of their team or, or the best result possible against the weaker opposition. The weaker is is, is obviously a, a little bit of an asterisk there as well because Hoffenheim and Schalke are both very, very good teams and pretty comparable to, to Leon in, in terms of quality, especially with Julian Nagelsmann at the helm uh, in Hoffenheim. Uh, but those two games against Hoffenheim, they probably should have won both those games, Leon, and, and will um, we'll, we'll rue those dropped points uh, over the course of those two games. And that, if they go out, that'll be why, because Shakhtar are a very, very good team at home. They've got to go, they've got to go there. They, they, they kind, they, they're very, very good at getting results. There, I, I seem to remember them winning a significant amount of games there last season, Shakhtar, in, in the group and beating most of the, 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 the visitors there, including, honestly, Roma. But there were, there were some, there were some big teams that went there and they beat them. Um, so it's going to be, to even to get a draw, be a, a very, another very, very good result. But, um, I would, I would, I would back Genesio to to, to figure out uh, another another way of getting a result from a, from a difficult situation in which he will find himself in in Ukraine. So, um, pretty pretty Leon standard Leon, but um, props to, to to the team and particularly to Genesio in in this case. Yeah, absolutely, and they'll be delighted to, to know that one last result, if they can get it, even if it ends up being a draw, really, it's Shakhtar, it should be um, enough for them, really, and that that'll be a, a real trademark. Even though they might have felt that um, that they had a real chance of qualifying to beat Shakhtar, who were real seasoned team, in, and even Manchester Manchester City will let you know that they they're always good in European competitions, and they have been for a number of years. And and Hoffenheim with with Nagelsmann and the, the exciting play they do in the Bundesliga, especially they're, they're not the easy side to beat. So to to come across that group where many would have thought they the power level you would say of those three teams were pretty similar to come out on top will be will be a real feather in their cap at least anyway but less so really let's be honest is monaco jazz um they are now officially out of the competition and out of the europa league running as well Bruges will take that spot now from them um it's been pretty dire pretty dour um and really in all honesty while they they weren't embarrassed at least in Spain and Falcao missed a penalty which would have made it a little bit better at least and he looked good when he came on and, and looked a little bit more uh, had a bit more spirit to him uh, obviously they played pretty young side again but um, uh, a campaign to forget on many ways but certainly again in Europe uh, a campaign to not live long in the memory Yeah I, I, you know, I think <clears throat> this match is kind of irrelevant the, da- the damage has been done earlier and then um, you know, when the draw was made, this always looked the, the most difficult of the of the the matches in the group, and that's that was you know even assuming that Monaco had had, had, had a, a decent run like either in the league or, or in the Champions League. So you know, I think they they they'd sort of long forgotten certainly about Champions League, Europa League as well, and this was I think probably just about getting through the through the match, getting it over and done with and then concentrating on the league. And, you know, you, you look at the, the, the team or the squad that, that Henri put out and I'm not saying he wasn't taking it seriously, but it, it's, and obviously injuries are, are a factor as well. But, he, you know, he he, he was blooding quite a few youngsters. Um, Masengo, I think, in particular, impressed everyone in midfield. 
Um, another of Turam's sons got a got a debut as well. Badia Shile, I think Masenga and Badia Shile, the first players ever born in the, in the 21st century to start Champions League matches. So, and then you, and you've also got Sida Grandsir players like that. It gives you you know clear indication that it's it was it was a very young team that that, that Henri put out. So, in that sense, even if you can say that that Atletico but barely got out of second gear. They, you know, they didn't give such a bad account of themselves. In the second half, they certainly looked a lot better than they have done. And, and as you said, Falcao could have um, made the score a little bit more respectable if, if he put that penalty away. So um, I, I don't think there's, there's sort of too much to to read into it, except that again, they they do have some good youngsters who, given a little bit more time, can impress. They're just as I think we all thought at the end of the summer, they're they're a little bit further behind, a little bit younger, a little bit less experienced than the youngsters that, that Monaco have had the last two, three seasons. And I think that's why they're struggling. But there's certainly sort of little shoots of recovery that, that make you think that you know, they still certainly should, they shouldn't be in relegation trouble. And, um, you know, without the pressure of, of, being in European competition and pushing for comp- European competition next season, arguably it could work in their favour that it's it's a season where these where these youngsters can get a little bit more experience with very little pressure on their shoulders if they can get out of relegation trouble as soon as possible, and then it will sort of stand them in good stead for for next season. I know I'm reading it sort of into the future quite a bit, but I just I just would be shocked if they remained in in trouble all season. You're absolutely allowed to use that crystal ball, by the way, really, Jess. But the, at least to see the, the green shoots of of the, the labours that Henri must be doing, uh, showing a little bit, at least anyway, is a positive sign for them for the next couple of weeks as we head towards the sort of well, barrel towards, let's shall we say, the, the winter break in December. But uh, on to the Europa League now. and we'll, We won't spend too much time on this because there's a couple of teams that uh, they're far-fetched, at least anyway, ideas of, of reaching them, but pretty sure Marseille fans will not want us to talk about them being drubbed 4-0 at least in a relatively meaningless game for them now at least against Antwerp Femfit tonight and good for Ren to get their 1-0 win against Jablonek they've got a real chance of, of going through if they can get a result against Astana in a couple of weeks time but uh, I know your eyes um, Adam were on the game for Bordeaux this evening and it felt like they were really lost cause but one win and, a, and another result going their way has kind of crept the door open for them it would be a difficult task to go to Denmark and get a win against Copenhagen but should that happen and result go their way in Russia they might be through yeah it's 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 amazing really after the after the defeats at the start of the group I I, you know I kind of wrote wrote them off but um to be fair to them they were really good in both games against against Zenit St Petersburg and and deserved more from both of those games they lost away 2-1 but but we're really good in that game. It was a good away performance and 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 we're pretty stoic defensively and created the odd chance going forward and probably deserved a draw there. And then the draw at home to Zenit, they, they really should have won, in my opinion. They, you know, they had the chances to win it and you, you felt like the game was there, but ended up drawing that game one also. And and, and tonight was a, was was an improvement on those two as well. Either they um they 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 were very, very poor away against Slavia Prague. And and this really felt like a bit of a you know, writing of that wrong, and then and they they felt like they sensed that there was an opportunity for them to go through. And you saw the 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 celebrations at the end when Jules Kunde gets that second goal in injury time, and there's that pile on in the corner. You know, they were really up for this, 
um, which was really, really good to see because that doesn't that did not look like the case at the start of the group at all when they lost those first two games at, to Copenhagen and, and in Prague. So that was that was really, really good. Um, although it was a little bit funny to see such a small crowd because they got they got sort of thirty five thousand for the Ghent game when they they had like cheaper tickets and they won that game two 0 and then that was probably the last time they had a really good home atmosphere. So may, maybe that's a if they do get through. That's a good thing to continue in the Europa League because they, they they definitely fed off that atmosphere. But yeah, I thought there were some really good performances, most notably from Nicola Depreville who becoming something of a forgotten man at Bordeaux was fantastic as, as you and I have discussed a number of times Nathan when he was at Rennes got 15 goals for Lille in, in the league a couple of years ago but it's really disappeared but got, took his goal really well tonight and although he's been definitely on the fringe of the team the last few sub appearances he's given have been have been really good and he looks like he's been gaining confidence so that's really really positive um so um hopefully they can they can um at least um you know make a fist of it in the final game and it would be great to see them through because arguably they deserve to go through for this group that's good to hear. I might have to dust off that Nicolas de Preville number one fan shirt I've got um, stuck <laughs> in the closet at the moment. I might have to get that one back out ready, at least anyway. On to matters in domestically, at least anyway, in Liga, because we have a, a chop full of great games this weekend. And it starts with, well, second versus third, really, in Lille versus Lyon. It's been a, an interesting time for both teams, really, Jez, but I want to focus on Lille first, who've sort of slowly slid away from things since that Paris Saint-Germain game. They've, they've sort of not won in their, well, lost three of their last four now, and they've had a couple of poor results. They were, you may say that against Nice, they they, they gave a lot of, uh, of great chances in the first half, especially, but the Willian Cyprian goal seemed to knock a bit of the stuffing out of them, really, and they slowly ebbed away from there. But it, this is the important time for Christophe Galtier after a great start, how he picks this team up now and gets them back on back on track, really. It's a difficult game to do it in, but if you're going to do it in any game, Kate's Leon is, is a good way to start. Yeah, um, you know, we've talked so much about the, the great start to the season that they've had and um, <clears throat> you know the, 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 the way that the, the three of the front players have um, been so exciting, like hit, hitting other teams on the break, and they did still show a little bit of that um, against Nice, and that actually was sort of um, given a taste of their own medicine a, a little with, with Nice's opening goal. But um, I think possibly the the way the season started also um, hit a, cu- a couple of um, concerns, maybe with hindsight now with Lille. Where firstly, they seem very very reliant on. Um, Bamba and, and Pepe um, for the goals. Um, you know, whether it's Remy or, or Fonte or whoever else is playing up front, the, the actual sort of out and out centre forward isn't really isn't really doing much to to help the team. Um, and I think just by the nature of, of the style of play that they've got, um, with that kind of speed, I think it's it's something that other teams will will sort of be able to combat by sitting back a little bit further. And also, as the season goes on and these players get tired, um, it's it's only natural that they might lose a little bit of their edge. And it doesn't, you know, percentage-wise, it doesn't take that much of a drop-off. Um, look at uh, Lille's results. Not many of them have been by sort of multiple goal margins. So um, there was always... the the chance that just that slight drop off will, will cause a bit of a change in, in, in results. But 
you know, looking at their, their recent form, obviously one of those matches was against PSG and it was, you know, a, a, a hard-fought match against them and they, they only lost that one by an odd goal. So, um, you know, they're, they're, still, they're still obviously a good team there, but as you said, it's, it's um, you know, there, there's a lot of um, onus on Gautier now to make sure their heads don't drop and, and sort of give them a, a chance to, to kind of, I guess, in, in the run-up to Christmas. Um, make sure that that they they stay well up there, and, and certainly the next two matches are, are huge. And I think the fact that they're at home, that Lyon are coming off a, a big win, and often seem incapable of streaming two impressive performances at once together, um, maybe gives them um, you know a lot of optimism that, that they can get something out of this. But certainly, if if the real Lyon um, do stand up, then then Lille are in for a tough afternoon. Um, but yeah, they shouldn't. Based on their season so far, there's no reason whatsoever why they should feel overawed. And, and even despite the the recent blip, um, four matches without a win. But like I said, one's against PSG, one is in the in the League Cup. Which okay, they, they might have wanted a nice cup run, but it's not entirely the end of the world. Um, it's not, yeah, it's certainly not a sort of crisis point or anything like that. That's the interesting thing about Leon, really, as well. Uh, Adam Jez touched upon it. They sort of don't really string great performances together. But at the same time, when you look at the results over the last couple of months, they've only lost one in sort of a long time, really. If you look back um, as far as sort of the week four, they lost to Nice. Then it wasn't until week nine since they lost to Paris Saint-Germain. And then in every other competition then, they've got, yes, a few draws, but they're unbeaten at least anyway. And they, they... they have a habit very much like they did on Friday of, of scrapping through games where they don't quite play at the strong level, at least for 90 minutes that they can do, but still get the result they needed. And <laughs> if anything, that round derby was the, the perfect example of what their season has been so far. Yeah, it was a little bit. So I think that's a, I think that's a good sort of analogy for the way that they've gone about the business season. It's, it's really difficult to know what, how, what you say about, about that, about Leon. Is that... Credit for Genesio that he's got a team, he's built a team that can get results in, or at least be undefeated in 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 a number of situations that they find a way to win by when playing badly. Or should they be playing better given the players they've got and they're, they're somehow you know Genesio has struggling to get the best out of them? Um, it's very difficult to know where to sort of draw the line on, on Leon. But I think that um, in this occasion at least, I think it's probably fair to give Genesio the benefit of the doubt, but given that you know that the. the it's very, very difficult to play, especially for a young team. I think a team that have, have you're used to playing the Champions League and the league, and given that it's so competitive in Leon's section of, of league, on everything behind PSG is extremely competitive. So I think it's, it's very difficult to play as a young side the Wednesday, Saturday um, sort of schedule. And to be in such a difficult Champions League group and to regularly have big, you know, they had a lot of big games in this first half of the season, Leon, in, in league and, and and they will continue because there's a lot of teams that are competing for very similar positions to them. Um, and, and they've got they've got a lot of challenges this season. So t- to continue to get results, it, it has to be, you know, admired to some extent. Um, although I think that if this was to continue, one, you'd have to you'd have to again congratulate them for getting those results. But you would hope that given the players that they do have, like Hasnamao, like Neville Fakir, like Memphis Depay, that there has to be some sort of more visible cohesion eventually. That they'd have to evolve into a team that, given that they've got Yoxa on pace who are developing, you would hope that if this team were to stay together this time next season, if they continue in the, in the way they're going now, that there there'd be a little bit a little bit more. So I guess 
the thing that, that, that will concern Leon and John Michel Aulas for the rest of the season, I would imagine, although he has a you know an interesting relationship with Chilessa himself, will be is there a development in in the style of play and can they continue to get results in a similar fashion. I would I would imagine that both of those are possible, but whether whether Ginessa is able to, to cajole his team into into more attractive football on a more regular basis, because we know they're perfectly capable of playing that on occasion, but to become a um, a really exciting team to watch in on a on a very regular basis, which would be the aim and to get those results, is is perhaps a little bit questionable. So it becomes a situation where the results are fine, but then because the performances aren't there all the time, the drop-off comes if, if and when it does, and then you're lost. You're left with kind of nothing. It's not like you can say, "Oh, our team aren't playing very well, aren't you know, aren't playing well, but we're getting results," or "We're not, we're not getting results, but we are playing really well." So I think there needs to be some sort of evolution by the end of the season for for Genesio's sake. But you you have to give them some sort of credit for for continuing to get really really good results, and this is the type of game they have got good results in. So it'd be an interesting one away away at Leo on 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 Saturday afternoon. I think uh, be a really interesting watch. Mm, yeah, absolutely, and that's why well, we're going straight to the predictions of this one. And I'll start with you, Jez. What do you think the score will be? Um, I'm going to go for relatively high scoring draw. I'm going to say two two. Adam. I was thinking very similar, but I might go three all. I think I might have Leon to sneak this one 2-1. Um, Leon have just had a bit of a dip lately, and it doesn't feel like the right kind of game yet for them to, to really recover from uh, what has been a, a steady and more, not the greatest of months for, for Galtier's side. On to two teams that we've not really talked about a lot this season, so I thought I would nudge them into the running order so we don't forget about some of these teams, at least anyway. And that is uh, Angers, who hosts Colt. And uh, Adam, I'm going to start with you, because I know you are a big fan of, of Angers over the last couple of seasons, at least <laughs> yeah. anyway, so it's best to come to you on this one. And they've been a bit up and down this season. They're not as, as dour as they were last season, where they had a, a, a real problem of getting results. There were a lot of draws, and that seemed to be the case at times this season, but a big win against Montpellier last uh, a couple of weeks ago, breaking there and beating run was a great result. They were unlucky against Saint-Étienne the week before that. Uh, a draw against Nott, where on another day they might have nicked that one. Nott sort of popped up at the last couple of minutes, but they, they have been improving. They've been getting some goals out of Steve Bahoken as well from, from Strasbourg, and, and they, they're not in danger, at least at the moment, of, of relegation. But the, again, I feel a bit like a side that's a bit difficult to pin down exactly how good or how bad they are this season. I think that's a yeah, that's a really good point. It is. It has been very difficult to pin down how how good or bad they are or how the season might play out. But I would argue that that they're as good as their coach, and I would argue they have a very very good coach. Um, the DNCG um, awards at the end. No, sorry, not DNCG. Sorry, the UNFP awards. DNCG don't give any awards. Um, apart from relegating teams for the slight sort of mishap. Um, anyway, that's that's kind of very locked in. You know, it's very sort of PSG. And Unless they're not so Lille. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's very kind of, very sort of PSG marseille Leon centric But Stefan Moulin deserves some sort of award for, for the way he's managed to keep this team, uh, to keep his team afloat over the last few years. There's been really hairy moments are sort of around the winter, sort of Christmas time in the last two seasons when they've kind of really dropped off and looked like, hello, on paper, they're not a great side. They're slipping towards the bottom two, bottom three. Are they going to, is this a season they finally go down? But 
He's a master at getting the best out of what he has and organising his team to get results in this league. He knows how to, to win in Ligue 1 and he's proven on a number of occasions that he is enough to keep them up, which is, and it's for me, it's really, really gone under the radar in, in, in Ligue 1 over the last couple of years. We talked about Christophe Policier last season, what a brilliant did a job he did at Amiens and he really did do a great job. But equally, equally impressive with a worse squad was, was, uh, was Stefan Moulin and, there's a couple of players I really like to pick up on in Angers because um, it was interesting when you mentioned about the fact that it's really difficult to pin down. I was sort of looking back at their results over the last sort of couple of months and they started the season really poorly. That 4-3 defeat to, to Nîmes at home, they looked really in trouble there and lost to Rennes the following week. And there are a few really sort of worrying results at the start. But then if you look from, from September onwards, they've actually played pretty well in most of their games. And you get to sort of the last the last month and they 4-3 at Sanetti and they really deserve more from that game. Very unlucky to lose. Brilliant performance against... It was a really good performance against Montpellier. Against a team who are, you know, flying high to the top, near the top of the league, being fantastic this year. And and then um, a good, really good result again, away at Nantes again. You know, they they just know how to get results and they should have won They should have won that game, really. They defended really, really well. But a couple of players I really want to pick out from Angers. Ishmael Traore, the centre-back and their captain. He's I think he's been in some of the best form he's had um, since since joining Angers, I think he joined from Brest when they got promoted, and he's been a real leader in 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 that in that back four or back five on occasion when Roman Tomar's really not the player he used to be. He's really dropped off in form, and Ismail Troy's managed to to sort of take up the mantle of them both because it used to be this partnership. But now it feels like him. He doesn't he doesn't do well after a break after his three suspended games. He looked a bit rusty, but he's been fantastic for them in defence. And one of my favourite players in the league, and I think is flies under the, uh, the radar too, is Flavian Tate in midfield. Um, occasionally plays on the left, occasionally plays attacking midfield. Um, he's he he runs this team. He he's fantastic on the ball. Really good vision. Really good range of passing. Clever clever in possession. And without him, perhaps Moulin wouldn't look as good as I as I'm sort of making him out to be. He's really really interesting player that really sort of got into the into the into this team on sort of very sort of meritorious in a very sort of meritorious way. He was on the fringes, having signed from, I think, from a national side, and then really just proven what a good player he was and is now, you know, indispensable for them. So if you if you, if you get to watch Angers, um, keep your eye on Flavian Tate. I don't know if he'll be there this time next season, but he's key to the way they keep the ball. They keep the ball fantastically well in midfield. They don't create loads of chances, but they defend by keeping the ball as much as they can in, in, in midfield really, really well. It's, it's, it's really good to watch. So, um Huge, huge props to Stefan Milan. He's a, he's a great coach, and uh, Flavian Tate is a man to keep your eye on. Yeah, and that's the interesting contrast, really, with with Com because we we complimented Andre for keeping Mulan around last season, giving him that new contract, keeping mm -hmm. the confidence in him, and he and he proved that on the opposite side of the coin. Although it was a bit of his decision as well, really, for Patrice Garon to finally. Um, part ways with Con in the summer really after keeping them up and doing so f well for the last couple of seasons really Jez but the, that also led us to worry that with him not at the helm anymore um, that they may sort of slip into a relegation fight and maybe even be uh, real relegation candidates this season and they are currently 17th so they're not quite in the drop zone just yet a couple of results have helped go their way but oh, it's a massive couple of well, it's a massive month really for them December they uh, have played a lot of the big teams already so their their December consists of Angers, Nîmes, Strasbourg, Toulouse and Reims which is a massive run heading up to the winter break that might even define this their season really of whether they can maybe 
pull themselves a little bit further away before that break or whether they might even be in real deep trouble because they can't score goals. They can just about keep them out for now, really. But um, if anything, they've not really been entertaining to watch at all this season, Jezza, have they? No, I mean, if, if, if I'd spoken about Anshay, I would have basically said exactly the same thing, that, you know, they've got some, some very decent players, but the real star there is Moulin, who, who absolutely is, is, I think, not getting the, the props that he deserves for, for what he's doing there. And yeah, can't, can't kind of the opposite. I'm not sure Garon ever sort of pulled up trees there either, but he, you know, knew the club well enough and, and knew how to make them tick just enough to, to, to keep them in the gap for a couple of seasons. And Mercadal, I think, always felt like a little bit of a left field or risky, risky signing. He did okay at, at Paris last week, but hasn't got any particular sort of pedigree before that. Uh, sorry, last week, last season. Um, but yeah, he's not, hasn't got any sort of great history to speak of. And, um, not that I'm saying it's entirely his fault, because I do think it's just, it's simply a, a relatively weak squad. Um, there are some talents there, and, and Faisal Far, Far had a great start to the season. He seems to have dropped off a little bit, but he was the one that was really kind of making the team tick. And, as you said, that the defence isn't too bad, and you know they've got a couple of players there like Jiku and certainly Gilbert, who I think is is a is a really good player. And um, you know, with France being so short of, of quality right backs, I think he could be a candidate as much as anyone else actually. Um, not the sort of he plays centre back as well, but I you know I think he's a, a very good uh, right back on his day. Um, so the, the defence is not. Uh, of too much concern, but it's it's really up front where, where the issues are. And you look at some of the players they've got, and there shouldn't be problems there. I mean, there are goals in them, but Ningo looks so good at, at, at Montpellier, hasn't really looked the same player since he came back from injury. Bovru, um, you know, was so good at Gangon, blocked a little bit at Lyon. Um, I think he does have goals in him, but maybe he hasn't yet settled. Crivelli and Bamu, they don't, don't really sort of set the heart pumping or anything like that, you know, they'll, they'll probably, Bamu will probably come up with a handful. Crivelli is the top scorer at the moment with three, but he's probably going to end up with more red cards and goals by the end of the season, so suspension and goals by the end of the season. So you, you do worry that whether they've got enough of a of a unit altogether to keep them up. And, and last week's match was, was so huge against Monaco. And, you know, people said, well, you know, great, let's not make too fuss about too much fuss about Monaco's win because it was only against Caen, it was against the Caen with a few injuries and suspensions. All of that's true, but the fact is that in a Dow match where both both teams were poor, Monaco managed to get that win. And although Caen obviously stood ahead of them at the moment, had Caen won that, that would have given them you know a big amount of breathing space, certainly over the bottom two, you know, a bit of space over the, the third from bottom in the playoff place as well. And um, the fact that they lost that, I think psychologically losing at home to Monaco in such a big match is going to be a bit of a blow, but also at least some right back down there and now within touching distance of, of the of the um, automatic relegation places. And um, yeah, going to Angers is not an easy place to go. And as you said, they're, they're sort of coming into a month of on paper winnable matches, but matches where there's going to be so much pressure on them to, 
to get a little bit of a point score to have something to play for after Christmas. And I'm, I'm not convinced that um, certain elements of the team or the coach are, are quite up to it this year. Mm. Yeah, it's going to be a. It feels like a long, hard slog for for Colin this season, and like I say, that this this period is is really, really crucial. But um, on to the um, score predictions then, and I'll start with yourself, Adam. What do you think the score will be in this one? Uh, I think uh, Angers at home, pretty good, but low scoring, one one nil Angers. Yeah, I took the words straight out of my <laughs> mouth there, really, Adam. So I will also go for a one nil win for for Angers. Jez. I'll be slightly different. I'll, I'll say 2 0, but I still think Angers will come up with a win. Yeah, it's the mixture of Angers maybe not being the biggest <clears throat> scorers and, and Colm being a little bit firmer defensively than some of the other teams around them, but um, they're also not very good at getting them in at the other end, really, at least. Anyway, uh, on to our third game this evening, and between uh, two sides that probably thought they would be in opposite directions, at least, anyway, and that's uh, Montpellier against uh, Monaco. We thought Monaco would be. A Champions League side. We'd obviously thought that Montpellier would probably be relegation fodder. In fact, they're probably exactly the same positions I thought the other one would be in, really. Uh, and then, but for, for Montpellier, it's been a terrific start to the season that looked like it was um, maybe never-ending, and then they hit that minor brick wall against Angers, and at the same time, they'll, they'd have been disappointed in the rain game, really, that they couldn't nick the three points and they let that slip away as well. So a couple of dodgy results after a tremendous run, but a chance for them to maybe get back on the horse because, for one thing, they've always been good defensively, but the partnership that the board and uh, Delora are developing between each other, they're both growing together, they're both becoming better footballers and Montpellier are really benefiting from it. Yeah, they really are. It's it's funny, isn't it, that they're they're very similar players, and you you've never sort of the way they're sort of very physical, and they're kind of number nines to some extent. Although they can, they can sort of drop off and, and play in other ways, but they're sort of essentially number nines. And seeing them playing the same team in this sort of era of football, the way that modern football is played, is very unlikely. But it turns out all they needed was each other to 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 to, to hit their best form, which is which is really cool. I think that. Montpellier plays it in quite an unusual way with those sort of two number nines in attack and and Florent Molle kind of floating around in between who's who's looked really, really good um, since coming from Mets. I actually quite liked him at Mets last year when he was given the chance. Oddly, he was sort of kept out of the team for quite a long time despite always looking pretty good. Um, and he, he's really sort of become that sort of linchpin to that, to that team. So um, I think for, for Montpellier, you're absolutely right that they will be disappointed with with those two previous results. I thought they were they were unlucky in in both games. Angers played pretty well, as I said, in that previous game, and perhaps could have got the win against 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 Rennes. But the fact that that's game finished two all shows that there is a, there is some sort of evolution going on in in, in Montpellier. And I think Desikarian perhaps knows that, um, given the way his teams have played in league and before, we I've mentioned a number of times about his non side that were. Um, lowest scorers and then lowest scorers but one and that was the season Trois got relegated and had a horrible season in, in, in two consecutive years when he was there in, uh, of, of his last two years in fact of when he was at Nantes and he, his teams don't really score goals as we went to Rons and, and they didn't score goals there and he finished sort of sixth or seventh in Ligue 2 and didn't promote it despite being sort of favourites to do so um, but he, he's managed to find a formula that sort of suits his kind of very pragmatic in footballing terms, at least I kind of think the word pragmatic is sort of misused a little bit in football, um, but it just means defensive almost, doesn't it? Almost conservative. Uh, and a need to score goals. And he's got those two guys up front, as you mentioned, who who are both having fantastic seasons and they've formed a, a sort of an unlikely partnership. So 
Um, Montpellier are a really good side to watch, even though that they have dropped off a little bit of, of late, but they're still only one point off second and they're still third in the table. So it's going to be very tight at the top, uh, in the top sort of five or six behind PSG this year. And they're going to, I think I have a feeling they'll be in there all the way to the end. Whether they finish in the top three, I don't know, but um, I think, you know, credit to, credit to Zakarian for putting together to team, a team that's good to watch and, and effective. Those are two things he's not managed to marry up so far in his league and career so that they're a really great side to watch and and, and a credit to the division at the moment so it, hopefully Laborde and Delors can continue their their sort of partnership and their their footballing bromance if you like and, and continue to score uh, uh, regularly throughout the rest of the year because they're a great side to watch and it's, they're making the league even more competitive with, with every game so um fair play to, to them both and, and to Zakari and hopefully we can keep it up yeah, absolutely. I mean, that second goal they scored at the weekend was really fabulous football, to be fair, from, from mm. uh, I think Pedro Mendes started it and Sheik with a little flick and the board spotted the, the striker across the way and a great little goal. And um, the only thing I question about Montpellier at the moment is I'm not a, a, not the biggest fan of Lecomte's moustache. I'm not sure it quite, <laughs> I'm not sure if it quite pulls it off in the way he hopes he would have done. But they're facing a Monaco side we've already spoken a little bit about, Jez, who, who finally got the monkey off the back in their calm victory, which was uh, not quite as convincing as maybe they wanted their first victory in a long while to be. But um, they are, are heading well, home to face a Montpellier side that have had a couple of slippy moments of late. But does this feel like another free hit maybe for, for Thierry Henry at the moment? I know they try and, they really need to get on the horse pretty soon. They've got Nice and, and Leon coming up in the next couple of weeks as well. But um it's a difficult one to judge this one. Should they be going hell for and thinking that they should be winning this game? Or is this maybe one where they maybe need to shut the doors and maybe nick a 1-0 win and hope that the, they can keep Montpellier quiet instead? No, I, th- I think if it was at Montpellier, I'd say maybe maybe you could call it a free hit. But I really think you look at um, Monaco's fixtures until Christmas and obviously discounting Borussia Dortmund um, and probably a visit to Lyon. All the others, including this one, they're, cer- they're certainly not easy matches, but a decent Monaco performance, and I think they could get results from 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 a few of them. And I think they have to go into this match thinking that they can get something out of it. Montpellier aren't the highest, you know, they're the most free scorers, um, despite the fact that you know, Delors and Laborde are in good form. Um, so, and Monaco slightly better the last couple of matches defensively and I'm maybe clutching at straws a little bit I guess but I don't know I, I feel like that there's, there's some semblance of a little bit of team spirit a little bit more understanding developing there um, I think you know that the midfield certainly the, 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 the midfield three that, that started against Caen are all, have all got a reasonable amount of, of um, experience now you've got a couple of, of Internationals have got to the semi-final of the World Cup, and Ben Asser, I think, has been sort of chomping at the bit to get his chance at Monaco for a couple of seasons now. So I think he's got a bit to prove there. So I think there is a little bit of solidity there. And although they've still got a lot of injuries, I think they said today there's still 13 players on the, on the injury list there. There's, I just feel that some of the players are settling a little, getting a little bit more confidence, um, and I I don't think they should be entirely overruled going into this match. Um, I think Montpellier can blow hot and cold. Um, 
and <laughs> I'm trying to convince myself. Basically, I'm not. I don't think I'm doing a very good job. But I, I, uh, <laughs> I don't. I think that. Um, I feel like last week's match could be a turning point. The fact that even despite not playing well, Monaco got that that win, and I think it was such a monkey on on their back that hopefully it will, it will allow them to play with a little bit more freedom. And, you know, I don't think anyone disputes that it is a talented squad on paper. It's just a case of them all playing to their best, keeping fit, and just develop being given the chance to develop it, a little bit of understanding between each other. Um, and you know, if they if they can just put a couple of results together, even you know even by avoiding defeat for a couple of matches in a row, then I think it could have a very beneficial effect on them. Absolutely, and that's why I think this one will probably be a one-one draw. Both teams in different modes at the moment, and I think they'll both be at least a little bit pleased that they can get a draw. You would have handed that to Montpellier at the start of the season, I'm sure, and I'm sure Monaco will just be happy to get more points on the board and, and more confidence starting to flow through those young players' veins. Um, Jez, what do you think the score will be in this one? Uh, yeah, I think I'm going to go one all as well. Adam? I'm still worried about Monaco. I think Montpellier might win this. 2-1 Montpellier, I think. Yeah, it's it's a, a little bit of a, a knife edgy one, I would say. Shall mm. we shall we go for that one? The, the, that could really fall on on either way. We'll, we'll finish this evening with a, a game on on Sunday between um, two sides that are not far away from each other as much as we thought they might have been at the start of the season between Marseille and Rance. And starting with the away side, um, Adam who currently in eighth position really it's been a terrific start of the season very quietly at least anyway for for Rance I mean they've not been the greatest goal scorers in fact they've only scored 10 so far this season but that's more of a statement of how good their defense has been really other than a couple of games that they were thumped by a couple of goals but in their last four they've won three of them against Ren, Monaco and Gangon, but the first two certainly nothing to shake a stick at, even though they are Monaco are struggling a little bit, and they weren't too bad against that Saint-Étienne game, even though they did lose. But it's been really impressive how they've managed to, with the sum of their parts, losing some of their best players, still not a great goal-scoring side really, and have, have really struggled for to find a consistent goal scorer. Yet they found ways to win games. Yeah, they have. It's, it's, it's a similar situation to a number of those teams in that sort of area, isn't it? That they don't score many goals, but they're compact and they're, they're organised and they they have a good coach. David Guillaume's a good young manager um, and, you know, they won League Dirt at Cantor and, and, and they're, they're a very, very sort of effective team. And I think it's it's double the credit is deserved for the, the players that remained at the club and for David Guillaume because, you know, when you look at the players they lost over the summer, the, the side that won League Dirt, so comfortably Julien Janvier was... Huge to them in defence. Went to went to Brentford, of course. Um, De- Denilson de Cruz left for for Nancy. He was very good at the base of midfield. And you know, one of my favourite sort of players, one of those sort of niche little players that I always enjoy watching, Diego Rigonato. Um, Diego Rigonato has been who was he was he's very good from from crosses and set pieces, and he's a really good little player to watch. And obviously, Jordi Sibichu went to, went to Renza, and those are sort of five starters that would have easily made the you know the, the first eleven on 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 a regular basis, if not every week. And and to lose them upon promotion to a, a much more competitive, well, not a much more competitive league, but a higher standard, um, and then to continue to play in a very effective way for a very different kind of way. 
and to, to be in the top half after after what 14 games is extremely extremely impressive and perhaps we should be considering David Guion alongside the likes of Mulan and Plessier and, and and a few others for getting the best out of, of limited resources and when you look through their team there's there's a lot of players that have really come to the fore and they're, they're a very sort of combative side and and a lot of players sort of stood up to to be counted this season you look at Yunus Abdel Hamid who was uh, I think at Dijon and, and didn't put up any trees but he's been absolutely brilliant in defense for them this season every game he, you know he's, he leads um, by example, he, he he's very very good in the air and very in very intelligent defender as well. And Bjorn Engels was a bit of a coup signing him from Olympiakos. He was really good uh, in Belgium at, at Bruges, I think, and was sort of tipped for bigger things. Has been in the Belgian in the setup on occasion, and, and he's a really really good signing. And they've formed a really good partnership. And um, I, I really like the left back Conan just uh, just Dan Conan, who came from Gimaraes. Um, I think he's a really exciting player. Twenty six. Um, could could move on to to a bigger league and club come the end of the year, and there's not only that that sort of um, those sort of uh, league and stalwarts of the or French football stalwarts. You know, look at Alexis Ramal's another one of those. Chavaria's been around a long time up front. You know, they've got that sort of experience. Fine, but there's a couple of younger players in there too. And uh, one player I think is worth to, worth keeping on is Matthew Cathero, who's a uh, often an attacking midfielder and or, or a winger came from Toulouse. I think I think he may have been involved. Uh, in 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 an incident with um, Odson Edouard, but I, I, have to, I have to have to talk about that next time because I, I just can't remember the top of my head. But he, he left. I think he left under a bit of a cloud at Toulouse, and and he's really proving his worth. He wasn't in the team at all last year, and has, has sort of made his impact after sort of Danielson de, de, de Cruz left and 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 Dan Rigonata left, and he's he's been fantastic. Scored the goal against Monaco, and and is has proven really, really effective in, in a number of positions. And still only 21, he um he's a really good little player. So they've, they've got a lot of options there. You even look at Marvin Martin, who's struggled with injuries, unsurprisingly, but they, they've got some options in midfield. So I think David Grion's done a great job and and they're easily the best defence, uh, well, at least outside the top, top few sides. And um, it's difficult to see how they're going to lose enough games to be sucked into that relegation battle. So it looks like they're, for now at least, uh, here to stay. This season's Montpellier, perhaps, doing going about their business in a very similar way to Montpellier did before. So, um, yeah, David Grion's a good young manager and uh, one to keep an eye on. So well done to Rons. Yeah, absolutely. Because, like you say, it's going to take a pretty spectacular collapse to to fall back into it. But they, they take a on a Marseille side just that have been pretty humble tonight at least anyway but it'd be much changed side you would imagine for the game at the weekend so let's sort of rewind it a bit further back to the game against Amiens where they went behind certainly in that game but that was probably the only moment that Amiens looked like the the superior side Marseille then grew into it really significantly they grabbed the three goals through Tuvan who probably should have had like you said on the main show four with a penalty if Paye hadn't been so demanding and had a couple of chances before he even scored the first one as well we really was excellent and it was another example of when he does play at the level he can he is really can be a force of nature yeah i, th- I think it's uh, the same old story with marseille the same as last year and you know, it's it's, diff- it's in a way it's difficult to judge them without sort of doing it through the the lens of marseille fans who you know, they make both Arsenal and Lyon fans look sort of sane and level-headed, the way they kind of veer from <laughs> euphoria to crisis from one match to the next. And, yeah. you know, you feel like after tonight and the way that their own fans have been criticising them, say that, you know, they're, they're, they're a club completely in the doldrums. And then you 
look at the league table and they're two points off second. So it's a little bit confusing, but when you delve into it a bit deeper, it does feel a lot of the time like there's two or three players kind of holding the team up and sort of you go into every match kind of hoping that those two or three players perform for them to have a chance at the results and two or three certain other players to just praying that they don't make the mistake that will cost the team the match. And that's not really a way to be. You want the whole team sort of in sync, you know, contributing equally one way and the other. And against Amiens, to be fair, I actually thought Amiens did have a couple of chances and, and were in the game. And it took or I thought what I thought was clearly not a foul. Um, albeit it was a fantastic free kick from Tolman to, to make it 2-1 but I, I don't think it was a foul and I think they were starting to look possibly like they were running out of ideas before the referee helped them but you know still on paper that they are a much stronger stronger team than than, than Haas and based on what they've been doing the last 18 months or so this is the kind of match that that they'd win. The next two matches are away to Nantes and Saint-Étienne, and so they're probably the kind of matches they'd lose. Um, so <laughs> it's it's hard to see past the Marseille win, but it's also hard to see how you can read too much into it because, as usual, they're, they're not really the matches that, that Marseille's season should be judged on. And I don't think that's a harsh thing to say because I think that's the kind of thing coming out of the out of the, the Marseille boardroom, we're, you know, we're, we're well into our project, we're well into the, the our aim to be a Champions League team, but there doesn't seem to be progression from last year, and I think that's that's a little bit what's annoying the fans. Um, and it, again, in terms of sort of the, the, the sort of hysteria that surrounds them, it's it's bizarre. Again, but you know, there's been so much of crit- criticism of, of Germain Mitroglou which I still maintain is a little bit harsh because I don't think either of them are being played properly. Um, Germain, I thought, was pretty unlucky um, uh, against Amiens. It really looked like you know, he's, he's not getting any luck in front of the goal at the moment. Um, yet, they're still one of the highest scorers in the league, but the problem is at the other end. And just as as Haas have been effective because they've been so mean in defence, I think maybe only two or three teams have actually conceded more than Monaco, uh, than Marseille. So, there are still the same old issues there, and uh, again, it, it feels like they're still going to be reliant on Payet and Tovan coming out with some kind of magic to to pull them through overall. But in this match, I think, despite despite how how solidly Haas are playing at the moment, I'd still expect Marseille to come out on top. Mm. So let's get some predictions of this one and I suppose protect your tweets after this one just because uh, you might have Marseille fans coming out you just again uh, I'll go for you Adam first of all though what's the scoreline for yourself um I, I want to say nil nil I think after the Europa League and Ron's defense we might get a, a bit of a nil nil draw here Jez uh I'm gonna go something quite quite different I'm gonna I think Marseille will repeat their three one I'm going to go on the other side of the spectrum. I, I, I don't know. It'd be, it'd be a massive shock, but I think I might have Rance to go for a 1-0 win here. They, they, they've really impressed me in the last couple of weeks and the, the staunt defensiveness of them and the fact that um, Marseille seems to have to rely on on, on a, an excellent performance from someone like Tovan or, or Payet to, to pull something out of the bag sometimes, especially going forward this season, that maybe they just keep silent for one game and 
and Raz can nick something, but we'll keep our eyes nice and tight to that game. But uh, that's all that we have for this evening. My thanks to Jez, Adam, and all of you listening at home. Do join us for the um, well, do join us for the main show next week. But for now, enjoy your weekend of football. <laughs>